Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Food that's good for the environment, good for the people who eat it, and good for the people who grow it. They pick it so it's beautiful when it comes to market, and you get to enjoy that. Local businesses is the, the first place that we can directly support somebody. You've got to believe in what you do, and if you stick to that, then you're getting there anyway. G'day and welcome to another Quicksand Food Podcast. My name is Stefan Postuma. Today I speak with Juliana Mitri from Balinese Spice Magic in Wollongong. Jules is the head chef and owner of Balinese Spice Magic, which is a traditional Balinese restaurant, which is something that's quite rare to find in Australia. The ingredients and the dishes and the flavor combinations that she puts together on her menu are all reflective of her background in Bali, growing up there as a child, and they've all got a story behind them. She's got a very strong community of patrons and growers and suppliers who grow all sorts of different bits and pieces for her to use in her restaurant. She runs cooking classes and she also makes fantastic organic tempeh. Jules was generous enough to give us some fantastic recipes for the Illawarra cookbook, which we discuss a little bit, and I really enjoyed talking to her. So I hope that you enjoy this chat with Jules Mitri from Balinese Spice Magic in Wollongong. When I first met you, you were telling me about how kind of like it was a bit of a spur of the moment decision to open this restaurant. Oh yeah. 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 It was it was so random. Like we we've been doing catering for a long time and there's always families, there's friends, like the tedder. They they're at her house all the time. Yeah. And I cook and they always help me. Just, you know, like around the house and stuff like that. They they're more like brothers. And they always ask me, oh, you should open a restaurant, Jules. It just pluck at a date, you know. 2014, I said. It will be 2014. And because I work full-time, children, and I'm a wedding planner, and I'm, al- I'm always so busy already, I didn't think that was going to happen. And I didn't even make a commitment I was going to make something in 2014. But I took a year off, um, maternity leave. Mm-hmm. And that's with Lando. This place was for sale, and yeah, I was looking. I actually, go online to plan our, you know, like almost a year trip around the world to to film my cooking show. Mm, <laughs> okay. So we we had this plan with a couple of friends. All right, let's do a cooking show because I've done I've done some cooking show for just a local station before. So all right, okay. let's let's do this. Let's travel and I'll feed you guys and you know for your trip and let's just do that. So I plan you know like a different trips to different places and yeah somehow this place came across and I came here and I said I really want to do it Will of course look at me I can't help you <laughs> but he's been amazing he's been you know he married to a crazy woman yeah. so he's just there supporting me and awesome well, did you did you have any experience working other than like sort of wedding planning, so you were catering, yeah, before you opened the restaurant. Yeah, like we, it, like what did you have experience working in restaurants themselves? Yes, I well not in the kitchen particularly. Um, we I work at the front of the house. Yeah. Um, of course, yeah, I do help them in the kitchen, but then it's not actually running the kitchen. Yeah. Never written a menu ever. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so because our catering based on what the people want so if they wanted an African team so um, I set up African team right, so okay. we, I cook African food for them and so it's never been I have to sit down and actually just committed on writing Balinese menu yeah. so that's something completely new and I've 
running a commercial kitchen that's another things all together we always have a big camp stove that we took everywhere we go market catering and things like that so we always cook outdoor and you know just completely different where he everything is too professional and I'm and I'm not a professional chef yeah. so I haven't been trained in that way and um, yeah first day open we basically already have a full house <laughs> and um, we only allowed to access that kitchen that day because we put on a um, couple of new work burner right. um, and the floor here on still drying <laughs> so three o'clock in the afternoon no, two o'clock in the afternoon we allowed to access it and we'll of course invite a few of our friends here to taste to do a taste run of our menu and I almost I almost burned the kitchen down really <laughs> what <laughs> happened it just we don't know how to operate the really? work one. It's just yeah, it's too hot and fires everywhere. So it was a lot of sort of trial and error at the start. It's a trial and error. Our menu used to be so much bigger than what we have at the moment. Really? The menu used to be something like that. Because um, when I got to write the menu, there's so many boundless dishes that are getting forgotten and I really want to reintroduce it again. Right. Um, even in a lot of restaurants in Bali, they don't do anything, any traditional Balinese anymore. They have fried rice, fried noodles, and fried chicken. So it's, come on, there's so many spices that, because they're so much more complex to make, people left them behind. Mm-hmm. A lot of the traditional sweet, a lot of the entrees, that the one that you, start, that you tried today, they don't do it because a lot more effort in it. Mm. Um, which is, you know, it's not making so much more money. Um, yeah. Where when they do it in a commercial, yeah, they do it. But when they do it for the family, for the offerings, for ceremonies, yes, they do it. But they do it together. Yeah. So they don't pay someone to do it. So everyone just, you know, like I do it in, in a, as a communal thing. Everyone cook together. And so yeah. So I made a book, and that's quite big, and we always full for the first six months of our trade. Like we never empty. Like smashing busy. And it was turned out to be a nightmare because I'm the only one know what to do. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't have any other stuff that is Balinese. So I teach them as I go and it's turned out to be such a nightmare. So we basically quick smart, not quick enough, um, change the menu into, you know, I think in like 20 dishes. And then from then on, we slowly increasing, increasing, yeah. increasing. So, yeah. So would you say like... When you first sort of designed the menu or first started thinking about what you wanted Balinese Spice Magic to be, it was bringing, bringing those traditional flavours, spices and dishes to, you know, the, the market in Wollongong that, that people were unable to get in Wollongong, of course, but even in Bali, you know, some of these traditional dishes yeah. were hard to find. Yes, um, you need to go to a ceremonies and you need to go to, you know, like a, in a village, in a village to get the similar food that we serve here too. Um, yeah, that's, I think the whole background idea um, for us, you know, when we set up the restaurant is introducing a real food in mm-hmm. a way that is made from a real thing, like something that you grow. Yeah. Uh, we have half of our menu are vegan but none of them is commercial you know like a chemical processed food everything something that you grow everything is basically real plant based yeah. and you know like my idea is, is growing you know trying to put community together in a way too and I'm hoping you know I can so I'm trying to get people to help me making the food by growing things for me mm-hmm. so it's um what t- what make things very tasty in Bali is everything is so fresh. You know, like a, you go in the back in the back of garden, back garden. There's always someone growing something. Yep. And if you go, if you buy something from supermarket, it won't taste the same. I believe it's not going to taste the same. You know, I'll be I'll be feeling I wouldn't be confident enough to serve my food if I know the spices is not grown from the source that mm. I know. Well, it's even like. You might say do a blind tasting of a piece of ginger from a market and from grown, but just the fact that you've got the connection is the thing that makes it more special. Even yeah. if the flavors are similar, the connection is what makes it special. Yeah, you know. And we don't. That's it's probably that's my way of doing um, our marketing as well. You know, like we we 
it's basically we never save enough money to create this it's basically a spur of a moment so we have a limited fun to do okay you know like a marketing so everything's basically word of mouth yeah and a lot of people that grow food for us they basically our marketing people as well like they help us you know because they said okay like i actually grow something and they post it on facebook and they deliver it here mm. and they got something you know like um as equal value in return it or they come to the cooking class and yeah and then it just there's so many things that connected to growing something sustainably organically there's i got a lot of connection in that way mm. um, people just you know like there's few different groups that's you know like i'm starting to have a big followers too grow your own food and that sort of mm. thing or you know urban backyard urban farming so that's involving in that sort of things it's a great for me you know it's free you know like it's not you know free you know i still help them with giving them seedling or giving them support it's a lot more work on my monday i suddenly go to so many different houses and check out their gardens and help them to tend their gardens mm. but then again you know like i don't have that space otherwise i have to go somewhere i have to go to dato and hire you know hire the big block of their land yeah and do everything myself you know i can't do that yeah. so if i know someone how do you know, how did you find all these people to grow things for you like who are they my dave random <laughs> random random people that come at here or i started my cooking class i ran my cooking class from when was that 6 7 years ago and that's from then on you know like i and every time we do markets so basically use what we have in the garden so we don't you know we don't go by you know whatever excess we have we grow lots of massive cabbages and a lot of thing that we grow they turn out to be amazing yeah. and we do once or two markets um, a month what markets do you do coldel market oh okay coldel market and, and what do you sell there you sell your tempeh there balinese food um yeah. tempeh i don't so hot food and stuff as well yeah hot food yeah, okay. basically more hot food yeah, right. everything's cooked on the spot yeah. and people still coming and drop yeah, us nice. yeah. chimerica or they drop us coffee lime they drop right us. so that's the way that you engage with that's the that's how yeah that's how you know like and then yeah and then there's just the network getting bigger and bigger and bigger and 7 years later i have everyone to say okay i have turmeric i have 3 kilos i have 10 kilos the men's group the men's group last year itself i think the men's group i think given us about 30 kilos in total <laughs> and they good they have us closer to the end towards the end and that's when the price is about 60 dollars a kilo so whatever the market price is that's how much we barter it in the mm. money or value in food so mm. it's, it's good so for me i don't have to actually hand out that big capital but then again yeah, for them it's good because it's if they take it to the green grocers therefore you only get a fraction of that i feel like correct me if i'm wrong but like having a community of people around you growing stuff that you use in the restaurant is something is something that would happen you know in a traditional balinese community as well oh, is yeah. that you don't just have these suppliers that you call to get your ingredients off it's yeah. people that you know of course you know like a, it's There's there's an art about um bartering in a way too you know like there's I'm I'm a very busy woman like I'm a very busy woman and I don't you know like I do I don't get as socialized as much as my friend so we usually catch up through a cuppa while I'm explaining okay I think you need you know you have a bit of um you know like um to say insects in this this is what you should do to treat it so we had a cup we had a chat catch up then again I'm actually working yeah so like in and my network of friends is random from someone who a super artistic that I have a lot of interest in what they have to say about the garden about the world and someone who highly educated professor that you know I actually you know like adore what they said about how the food tech is you know that's you know I'm always learning in a way from there's so many different people but then again we help each other out in you know like it's just, it's more my way of learning something or taking something from other people and giving them what I know yeah and they're quite happy too a lot of people a lot of those professional art they're very busy people they're getting food taken to their house and you know like I taught them what I know so it's in a win-win like I for me it's um, a great value in doing it with the community you know mm. like, um, i go to school so and meet the children and teach the children how what, how cook the food and do you teach sort of traditional balinese cooking yeah. in schools yeah? yeah so we got and the children bringing their parents here because they love what they did and change their interests 
So yeah, like and and it's getting everyone from every aspect involved about how to grow food from beginnings and first day the kitchen no I don't I, that's not chicken I don't want to eat that but I make them tempeh mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. I teach them okay this is actually the soybean this is how it started and blah 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 and now that's okay I think I'm I probably convert quite a few people into vegetarian because they know vegetarian food actually mm. is pretty good yeah. yeah especially your tempeh <laughs> um, we'll, we'll get on to that it seems like yeah I, I don't know it's it, there's a lot of there's a lot of restaurants and businesses out there that do that, that do try to engage with the community, but it seems like it's something that is comes so natural to you to engage with schools and to go do a market and to run cooking classes here, and then also to have a community of people around you growing food for the restaurant. Is is it, I guess that's just a part of because it's a testament to sort of your personality and your relationships with people that, that you're able to grow these connections and make people feel at home when they come into your restaurant. Like we just had lunch then after we shot all these beautiful photos for the book and then, you know, you send a few texts out or make a few calls and all of a sudden there's a dozen people sitting around the table eating all the food and then people helping in the kitchen clean up. It's a fantastic community. Yeah, I guess, I think the fact that I'm coming from Bali... And, and the distance between Australia and Bali is so close and most Australian been to Bali and they love Bali. I find my finding a place in Australia is so much easier. Yeah. I never had the issues of um, getting left out of anything. I first came here as a 17 years old and I hardly speak English. And also my friend taught me to speak English, you know, my family, the family that sponsored me, that brought me to Australia, like they, you know, like they yeah like it, they taught me English and so they introduced me to all this different network so yeah I never without a job I never without friends so I'm quite lucky so I feel I'm around because I'm I feel very blessed with my existence here and everyone around me seemed to be quite supportive I think I fed them well so That's, <laughs> that always helps I fed them well and I, I guess you know I do like people I do like people well it's one of the things that makes people happy is having a good community around them yeah it's it's very different i'm not many balinese here in wollongong so there's not many balinese you can count them by fingers and for me as a balinese you know like in bali most people live in a compound there's always cousin there's always auntie there's always great uncle there's always someone there and for you know, when I was living with my foster family, like a day, fine. But then again, as a married couple with children, um, with the young children, it was so difficult because I have to do everything myself. And, you know, like when I started back to work again, no, I think I need more people. And our house is always full of friends, young friends anyway. So instead of I do everything, I just start ordering people around. Yeah. <laughs> and You're yeah, your own little compound. Uh, yeah. So I made my little <laughs> compound and every time we do a party too you know like they don't have to bring anything they just need to help me i just set up all the spices everyone just peeling spices and everyone just minching me everyone do it then again you know like uh, people starting to really enjoy it because they're doing it communal you know how we Mm. feed every time we have a get together we feed 60 people at our house no problem but then again someone you know someone come and just you know someone always in charge of the dishes and but there's our house never empty it's same i think i hope the restaurant's like that too all the time but anyway <laughs> yeah. yeah um it must be cool for people as well to be with helping with cooking is like working with ingredients that are unfamiliar to them and, and learning a little bit along the way it's not yeah. just like chop chop this bag of onions it's like <laughs> yeah. it if one person do it yeah, yeah. exactly and i i yeah like i guess when you do things together, you don't really feel it. You don't really feel doesn't it. Feel Especially, like work. It doesn't yeah. really feel like work. You have a good company and you know the end product will be really good. So everyone just been... They probably grumble after that. No. <laughs> like they haven't grumbled in front of me yet. No, they, no way. No, they, it's been great. Like, we've, like I said, like I have a really positive um, you know, like experience in Australia and lucky enough that I have always have all this different network that ready yeah. to embrace me yeah um, it's great I go to school and you know like um, I, 
I managed, you know, like and the kids been so fantastic, you know. Yeah. My long hair definitely helped, you know. Like yeah. I, you know, like I have Rapunzel, and <laughs> so it's it's. When's yeah. the last time you got your hair? Oh, this three months ago. But then my hair used to be two and a half meters. When I first came to Australia, it was two and a half meters. Why? Is there a reason why it was so long? Um. No, well, sort of. It's a Balinese tradition a for women to have a long hair, and not everyone can. Right. Okay. Um, my family lined it uh, from a shaman family, so they, you know, like a day natural herbalist and, okay. and all that kind of thing. And um, um, only so many people try to grow their hair. Not everyone can. Yeah. Like, um, so mine, I don't do anything with it. I don't. Just put, let it go. Just let it go. So, cool. <laughs> so I talk about hair anyway. Like, um, <laughs> and I just start chopping it. I had to ask. Um, let's talk about the food here. So, like, for people that don't really know and I probably don't know very much as well but like what's what's the difference between traditional Balinese food and what a lot of people are familiar with in Indonesian food okay most people that come to Indonesia um, they know nasi goreng fried rice or mi goreng the fried noodles that is what quite common and the satay um, the Balinese cuisine um, we don't Everything's basically what we planted, and and there's everything. There's so many rough edge in it. You know, like the paste is not smooth paste. Right. So because everything's generally done with big mortar and pestle, mm-hmm. and we use spices generously. Doesn't mean that our food is very spicy. Spices just mean you know like the turmeric, garlic, lemongrass, ginger, and everything's that's really good for you that's combined together to create so many different flavor explosion so you know like um, not every dish is a spicy generally the Balinese cook once a day in the morning for the family so they make the dishes quite mild if they have young children or older older uh, people living in their compound and they always have a chili on the side yeah um, yeah we don't use um, you know the difference between us and the Thais the Thai always have the thick curries Yep. Um, they use a lot more sugar, a lot more um, coconut cream, but we only use a touch of coconut cream. We do a lot of, uh, we use a lot of grated coconut, shredded coconut. We use a lot of coconut on everything, but not, we don't like everything to be thick and, you know, like, um, yeah, like yeah, soupy and strong. saucy. Yeah, we, we, you know, when we said broth, you know, when we say soup, it's basically just water. It's water and spices. Yeah. So our curries is very different to a lot of a lot of different country. Um, people said, "Oh, why is your curries watery?" You know, that is Balinese. Mm-hmm. The curries, you know, you you move the, the what's it called the the meat with your hand. You mix some with your rice and you slurve the soup. Okay. Because that is the spices in there. Like, do you teach um, people to do that when when they're, I try. When they're here? I try. So usually when when I get a chance to come out to the restaurant and you know like the nasi champur one that you yeah. had when you came here, I teach people okay, use your hand and slurp the soup on the side. Yeah. Because something about Balinese when we eat main meal because there's so many spices in it and the spices you know like give you different uh, feelings in a way you know like um it's the spice something like uh, you know like the garlic and the onion the chili is arousing so people generally have a can have a serious passionate conversation on the table mm. so you need something you know like a soupy to drown them in a way <laughs> <laughs> you need to calm them so down you need to calm them down so you know like and i try to explain that to people okay use your hand like uh, mix it up just have the connection with your hand and um, a lot more people just prefer to use spoon and forks. Mm. Now, a lot of our regulars, they starting to use hand. Um, but then again, yeah, like it depends who they come with. Yeah, yeah. They come with. that's cool. I think that, um, you know, when you go to a restaurant, anything that anything that's kind of a bit different, and if it's if it's traditional, and if you're on the floor and you say, use your hands, then it's <laughs> fun. You know, yeah. it's fun. Like it's something different. You don't going to a restaurant doesn't always have to be a formal. A formal thing you know you want to be able to enjoy yourself in whatever way yeah we we had that choice when we first opened <coughs> should we make it into a formal and charge a lot more money and a smaller serving but then again that wouldn't be me i'd like people yeah, to be co- properly fed i like people just to relax so in the end we're just trying to do it volume which is turned out to be pretty good for us you know we you know we have a big servings and and people happy quite happily just come by themselves mm. 
like um, just a mother and children and they're just happy just eat both of them and they know a couple of dishes will fill them up and they have something extra to take home mm. and we you know we're trying as best as we could not to have any waste so I usually nag people and please bring your food home I'll give you extra rice please yeah <laughs> then it, that's yeah. what I, yeah I love that I like that approach the yeah. no the no waste approach no we we're doing our best you know like we try to know have, have no plastics around so we have paper you know paper bags and I think people quite enjoyed it yeah and we did too it's um when I first came in here and I think it all sort of like it runs throughout but it, if you've been to Bali it smells like Bali in here. <laughs> yeah. and thank you yeah it's just the thing that I know it's it's and 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 that runs across sort of the staff and the decor and and then ultimately the food on the menu because there's different ways people approach making regional cuisine in Australia if you go to a a Turkish restaurant for example now I'm going to speak really generally but there's a lot there's a lot out there that's sort of Turkish food adapted for an Australian audience you know or they've taken influence from what other successful Turkish restaurants in Australia are doing and the same goes for say Thai for example or whatever regional cuisine it is but I think when you eat from the menu here it feels like it's straight from Bali you know there's no there's no influence from another restaurant down the street that does Indonesian food or or whatever it's it, it feels so authentic in that way in the textures and like you know the sum even just the sambal and the rough and the thick and the spicy <laughs> nature of it and stuff like that yeah. you know feels so authentic in that way because that's you know like um it's all great too to be the only Balinese restaurant basically in Illawarra but then also that's it's one of our main challenges we have no one that we can look up to there's a couple of places in Sydney that's um, Indonesian cuisine and I think at the time we did a search there's a restaurant in um, in Melbourne and we look at the menus from a restaurant in Bali that we can find but then none of them really have straight Balinese food there's always a twist of the western um, you know, like items in it or something, mm. but we but a lot don't of the time want it to be Indonesian food, yeah, not Indonesian Balinese food, food. and yeah. that is another different thing. So, you know, like, so it was, you know, for me to sit down and write it, it's harder. But then again, it's also as I've written the menus, there's a lot of food from my childhood that I crave, um, and something that creates you know like a lot of those amazing memories i didn't know how to cook it but then again i just put it on the menu anyway and then just slowly trying to call grandma you know like and you know of course you know like was there a lot of calls home to get the recipe a lot of calls home a lot of calls home and because they couldn't hear properly there's always "Ah, what (laughs) you know like i said what is it you know and i didn't know you know like i didn't know what it's called the spices is called in balinese and they don't know what it's called in indonesian and indonesian is where um, Indonesian language is what we generally met in the middle yep. for something that I can look up online what's actually in English um, but then they they can't help me with that so I try to you know like I try to call friends like what is this in Indonesian so I don't know you know like because they just they the food is so readily made and a lot of the youngsters they don't feel the need to cook they can go to the shop and buy something for two dollars and that tastes just amazing with mm. so many different things at home, you spend twenty dollars, uh, twenty twenty thousand rupiah, or like two dollars, and you can cook only one thing. So they're just generally happy around my age. They're happy just to buy it, especially if they work. They don't have time to cook, so mm. they just buy something. Where I'm here, I'm trying to work out everything, but it's you know like it's. I guess it's. I had a great time. I had a great time. It was a great challenge, and you know my husband loved to eat, and we always have readily mouth that happy just to take anything that I cook so, so yeah. there's, a, there's a lot of um, trial and error and yeah and, and when the recipe ready like um, I'm generally quite happy with it the thing is I'm allergic to red meat so I can't eat meat oh, really? so yeah. a lot of the dishes that I uh, that I put together for the restaurant is something that I you know like I already trial with the chicken or with yeah, okay. tofu you have to substitute it yeah. and stuff and get it ready cool um, let's talk about the the dish the recipes that you're giving us for the book the We'll start with the the steamed barramundi in yeah. banana leaves. Yeah, well, the steamed barramundi is... We, 
it's come from my village. You know, like, oh, well, it's not Baramali that we... When I make that first dish the first time, it wasn't Baramali. It was actually a lake fish, yep. small fish. You know, like uh, for us in the mountain, um, we don't have bioscope at the time. We don't have bioscope. We don't... Um, like um, a place that we usually like to hang out is at the lake. Yeah. And um, so I usually just... Um, we fish... You know, like they're very small lake fish, and it's just a bit like tastes a bit like snapper, more like a tilapia or something like that. And um, I usually go on the side, and we bring so many different type of spices, and use the bamboo, um, sort of bamboo mortar and vessel, and mash the spices on that one, and just put them together. And it's, it's not really same. I usually just you know like I make a little fire and then burnt it, like in you know like a what well, we burnt it inside fire. on the fire with rapid banana leaves. Um, covered in bamboo bamboo stem like a bamboo yeah. that's what that's how I remembered when I started making it and when we cooked them here that's yeah so what I sort of spices do you put in um, we use turmeric um, galangu lemongrass shallots and um, we use also something called kanchur so white galangu so that's a very traditional Balinese yeah. and um, I like chilli so I usually must have a lot of chilies and to take the to take the the fishy smell we use some tomato but when we burn them the tomato turn to the sweet caramel just have mm. a hint of sourness in it so that's yeah. great yeah so if you camp you know with the recipe if you want to go camping and you can find bamboo <laughs> bamboo stem to burn the baramandi in you can yeah awesome. and if you have a steamer use a steamer yeah the Cooking in banana leaves is so satisfying as well. It's like with a little package Gosh. of goodness when you open it up, it's, it's steaming. Yeah. and The flavours of banana leaves also, you know, like it's add exactly, yeah. to the food. You just have to be careful though because there's um, there's so many different types of banana leaves. The plantain one, you know, like those uh, green banana, yeah. the one that you generally use in curries, um, they smaller, shorter banana and the leaves will be thicker. They can add bitter flavor oh, okay. to the food so just careful. you know just be careful using that you know you can depend you know, like if you want to cook um banana flowers then yeah the plantain it's okay to use because it's already bitter anyway mm-hmm. but, you know, it's not much different cool and yeah. the sambal that you have with that one what what's the sambal called um it's called sambal mata um, balinese we we big on having different flavors yeah and the sambal mata, you know, like the, it's it's raw, you know, mata means raw, sambal means right. spicy, so raw sambal, raw condiments. Um, it's basically just shallots, lemongrass, coffee limes, chili, coconut oil, and salt. So basically, mm. that's what it is. As the simple as it is, it adds so many different flavors mm. to the food. You know, like you can just mix them up with hot steamed rice, and that's I was I grew up with that, and that's quite satisfying. Yeah. They weren't, you know, like um, people just say, you know, <laughs> just rice. just sambal and rice, you know, for a lot of villages, you know, like uh, when, especially a lot of Indonesian, you know, like a lot of the pay system is once a month, like uh, once a month after you got payday, you can buy meat yeah. <laughs> that you can slowly release through the month. Um, then again, uh, towards the end of the month, you just have to, you have to be happy with rice and a salt or rice with chilies. And, yeah. and that's quite common for a lot of Balinese and yeah. It still tastes pretty good. It's great. It yeah, I really think good. that rice is underrated as a as a thing. Just, just you know, by itself with some simple flavors. And and yeah. there's so many cultures all over the world that eat the most simple rice dishes, just to keep keep them going through the day. Yeah, and, and, and it's, it's good. It's tasty. In it, the difference between our culture, the Balinese, and the Western culture is Bali. The rice is the main thing. If you don't get the rice right then there wouldn't be any food. There wouldn't be called proper food. If you just have meat as it is, it's called snacks. Yeah, okay. So the meat, the rice is the main meal. So not the condiments. Yeah. The rice is the main meal. So the rice has to be fragrant, has to be crunch, you know, like a slight crunch in it. If it's soft, you know, like a, that's called porridge. That's completely different yep. food. And, you know, the meat, we add a tiny bit, a tiny bit of meat, mostly vegetables. Mm. So the meat is not big in Balinese diet. Um, Quite a few, you know, like um, most of Balinese when I live in a village, they're generally just happy just to eat rice, vegetables that they got from the forest or from their garden, and a tiny bit of tofu, tempeh. Mm. That's quite common. So meat, certainly, 
when they go out, you know, special occasions, uh, family ceremonies or temple ceremonies, then we eat meat. Mm. Not something that we, yeah, not steak and fries every day. Yeah, <laughs> like it's completely different. I think that's the same across so many other cultures in the world as well. We take it for granted so much here that meat is the main portion of a meal. You know, yeah. a lot of meal, a lot of people do. You know, well, different. Um, here you have a lot of land to, you know, like uh, to grow cows yeah. and. In Bali, the cows are generally sad, but it's constricted to like a one small place, mm. and everyone bringing food to them. So they go around and harvest the um, what's it called the the grass, and we feed it to the cow. Yeah. yeah. So no, like a meats very you know like a only special occasion mm. for Balinese. Um, let's talk about your tempeh. The tempeh. The tempeh. It's, it's something that I'm quite proud yeah. with. Um, so that, this is like, for people out there listening to this, you make homemade tempeh by hand from scratch. Yes. Use it on your menu, but you also sell it. Yeah, well, I don't I don't. And you will be selling more of it soon, <laughs> yeah. starting up um, a tempeh business. Hopefully. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we, when I really, I'm allergic to red meat and I'm actually lactose intolerant. So there's so many things that I can't have. Um, and because I grew up eating a lot of uh, vegetable, tofu and tempeh, I crave for the similar taste. And um, I went to, you know, like a few different supermarkets, Asian supermarket, tried to find a similar tasting tempeh to Bali, that I find in Bali. I couldn't find it. Yeah, right. Um, it's just, uh, yeah, like uh, in Bali, they generally use the whole beans and it just tastes completely different. So I went on YouTube and had a look how they actually do it and ha- bought my first yeast in Australia and then it somehow it's it's done you know I it didn't fail <laughs> like it worked figured out how to do it <laughs> figured out yeah. how to do it and it's, it tasted amazing so we just you know like I make um, a, you know like a week yeah let's go through have, the, can we go through the process <laughs> I don't go through the process um, basically we soak the soybean for between 24 to 48 hours depend uh, the new crops or you know like the year the crops right okay uh, the new crops that is you know 24 hours soaking should be fine and then first boiling and then after boiling we dehusk it by hand so basically just sit there you know meditating for an hour in my own thought and just trying to you know squeeze the grub out of people out <laughs> <grab laughs> of the soybeans and um yeah another boiling process and then we um, so boil again Boil again, yeah, um, and then we, you know, like a sort of air dry it and pick up all the husk as much as we can. So because um, um, when if the the husk still there, it's generally they don't um, the bacteria just could not eat in through the the beans really well. Sure, yeah. Um, and then put the yeast on, and we generally here we wrap them. We put them in a tray, wrap in banana leaves. So we still wrap them in our leaves, so the taste. Of the banana leaves still you know like um in the tempeh yeah, okay. and then cure them between 48 hours to 36 hours uh 48 hours to 52 hours how do you so cure we use the kitchen temperature so we have um our plate trays you know like the higher one like um most of us we can't access it so we just you know i just climb up and put them in trays there yeah. covered you know like and yeah um depend when i put them i'll put some tonight um between um, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, we use the stove a lot more. So the kitchen, the kitchen, the above, above the the plate tray can yeah. get up to 32, 33 right. degrees. And that's so about the right temperature. That's the sort of. right temperature. Between 26 to 32, 36 to 22, that's the good temperature. 35 degrees, um, you cook the tempeh or you cure the tempeh too quickly, affect the taste of it. Yeah, okay. Um, so we've done... <laughs> We've done a trial and error. So 48 hours is the best tasting tempeh. So if it's um, cured before that, like could be overcooked, you know, like we just, yeah, like they, they don't last very long, but 48 hours is the perfect tempeh. Yeah. It's too long, you know, like it tastes bitter. So it's, if we, depending, you know, like in winter, summer, it gets so cold and the restaurant quiet, the tempeh is slower too. So, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's um for the first couple of years everything, you know, all the production of tempeh is solely for the restaurant. But because we got our beans, um sometimes we got it from Flame Tree Co op. Yeah. 
and they supply they said you know can we sell some of your tempeh because it's it's you know they said in high demand so they come here and drop them drops the organic soybeans and they pick up oh, cool. tempeh then again they generally sold it out within a week yeah um so i'm trying to make a bit more now to supply you know like i'm growing demand of tempeh because um, we have a lot of followers that are vegan and they they really like our tempeh and a lot of those so also you know like doing this plastic free challenge they know that it's done in banana leaves mm. and they self with them in banana leaves and so they they're quite happy so i just i just have to say no at the moment because there's only me one making it and yeah only hopefully, having enough <laughs> time in the day yeah hopefully production now i'm very keen to do it and and it's amazing you know like i'm I still try to use everything traditionally, so I'm we're still using hand. So just boy, awesome. get another labor to do it. Yeah. So what what did you? What's the tempeh dish that you gave us? You give us the recipe for as well. Um, the tempeh dish that you that in the book um, yeah. is one of the popular dishes. It's called tempeh lalah manis, or it means sweet and spicy tempeh. Mm-hmm. Um, it's in Bali they are quite popular like they generally make the tempeh a lot smaller so they're crunchy crunchy tempeh but when yeah like we we like them the way we serve them here mm-hmm. it's come with the black mushroom so that's my favorite yeah they're mushroom. delicious yeah yeah that's something black mushroom something that i used to gather um in the forest yeah when right I was young. cool black mushroom and wichity grub really <laughs> yes do you ever put them on the menu here um, <laughs> if I do, I'm not sure many people will like it. Yeah, no, <laughs> no, I think people might shy away from it. What, what's no. in the sweet and spicy sauce? Like what? The are sweet the... and spicy sauce, and like we use garlic, chili, and the sweetness come from coconut sugar. Yeah, so, okay. Um, that that dish is also you know like um, gluten free because I am celiac too. Um, so we, yeah, with this galangal in it and just a lot of love in it. I it's guess. such um, I think there's a lot of like. I don't often order tempeh because I eat meat, but your tempeh in particular, like it's so, the texture's beautiful. The texture's so, um, it's so satisfying. You know, it's, it feels <laughs> nourishing and yeah. the flavor's fantastic. And yeah, it's beautiful. Yeah, poi don't have a strong enough muscle to mash that bean. <laughs> so <Yeah>. they still, <laughs> basically still whole bean. It's yeah. still whole bean. And, um, and it's the organic beans definitely yeah. make a lot of difference. Um, we know that they, you know, like a day grown properly, there's no chemical in it, and it's cured here. There's, there's so much, that kitchen, our kitchen, there's so much laughter in there, and everyone's, you know, like a, I think the spirit that's wherever it cured, mm. you know, like um, it goes into the tempeh, mm. and it's, I think, I hope it's reflecting our cooking too. Like, um, the, I'm lucky enough to have great stuff that they mm. just get on really well. Yeah, yeah. that's cool. Um, I was going to quickly mention the the cooking classes because you do how yeah. often do you do classes? Here? We um, I run um, cooking classes once a month. Um, we do um, meat one one month and then we do the vegan one the next month. So yeah, like I've, uh, we generally doing it small group, twelve people in classes mm-hmm. max. And um, yeah, we do the three course and we learn about you know the spices we how to grow them, how to source them, what else you can use. Because the spices for us in Bali is not just food. The spices actually have the best healing properties. Mm-hmm. Um, I grew up, instead of getting Panadol or something like that, Mama mashed up some spices and drink this. Okay. Off, you know? just it's like, like that turmeric drink the I turmeric, had before, Yeah, right? the treatment, you know, like a, the, you know, if you have a cut, you know, like a... Um, you use the turmeric, you know, like a rub some turmeric on it, and skin problem. You use the galangal, rub on it. So, you know, all the spices. That's what we call a, a restaurant Balinese spice magic because we believe there's actually magic in the spices. Mm. Not because we know magic together, but then again, the <laughs> spices itself is magic. So mm, yeah, for sure. Cool. Um, is there anything else you wanted to talk about? Anything else? Like, I mean looking into upping upscaling the production of tempeh so you might be able to find Jules's Balinese spice magic tempeh out there on shelves more of, more frequently cooking classes <laughs> coldale markets yeah if anyone wants to grow from for you, you maybe yeah. give give you a call and they can 
we, they can start growing you some lemongrass. I guess we 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 always try to encourage people to grow things for us. Yeah. Um, we it doesn't have to be just spices. You know, we're happy to take any green veggies, excess green veggies, excess salad mix. Yeah, like a we sometimes we just have random things that yeah. we add into special. Like our friend oh, customers that turn to friends, and they have a lot of chocos. Really. So for a while we'll have chocos in our special. Um, I have banana plant in my garden. That's a bit too much. So I have banana trunk curry as a special, mm-hmm. and it's always different. Someone banana, uh, someone. A uh, popo tree fell off because of the wind. Like, I will have popo salad. Yep. So, you know, like in anything that you'd like to grow for us, and we're more than happy to butter it in equal it. value. So, yeah. like, it's it's been really good because random people have just heard about us. And so, they grow something, they have a big pot of, you know, like a turmeric that they grow in a pot, and it's, they have big crops. Because with the turmeric, one year you have a good crop, so next year you have a lower crop. Oh, okay. Depend how much you harvest, depend how much you put in. Um, so yeah, we just have people that you know, like amazingly supply our spices, and it's so good. And we know we met the people. I expected the sambal one week to be super super spicy because the growers I know are very fully eccentric passionate people and the chili will be super spicy yep. and so I warn people okay this chili is going to be spicy or the other weeks um, people that are dropping us they have a great crops they had a green time but then they just such a gentle nurturing people and the chilies will be tasty but gentle you know like it's um, and everyone's that come here um, that been our regulars they know not to expect the chili pace to be the same that's great depending you know, like sometimes we'll have purple habanero so the chili paste look purple you know why is your chili purple you know like it looks so dark but that's because people brought us purple chilies I think <laughs> that that's great chilies. because there's there's so much in, in a lot of other restaurants and the way that the people operate is is that there's this sort of constant striving for consistency you know like yeah. you, you, you people think that the customer has the expectation that if they have one dish it's going to be exactly the same next time which is fair sometimes yeah. but if you can educate your regulars and the people that come here that you do interact with the community to source your produce and the and the sambal might be different from one week to the next then it's then you want to come back here because you want to see what's on the menu you just want to see what everything's tasting like <laughs> yeah and the spices too sometimes the spices will be um, a darker color you know like a yellow the curry will look much yellower than the, you know like a couple of days beforehand because the turmeric that we got um, there's so many different type of turmeric there's um, the normal one that we have here the, the light colored one so the white turmeric mm. or we have the beautiful um, orange one so when we have the orange turmeric, everything will look so much brighter when we, a couple of days after the turmeric that we use is latte in the color because we don't want to use powdered spices. Mm. So it probably looks slightly paler. So it's, <laughs> but it's not because, you know, like oh, we forgot to put any food coloring. There's no food coloring altogether. It just depends on the spices that we use. Mm. And everyone, again, like the ginger, you know, like we sometimes have the old ginger, which is stronger in taste. So sometimes there's you know the food will taste very gingery and then sometimes you know like uh, the food we just have that lack of ginger in it because you know like we use the younger ginger and it's you know that's something that i cannot you know i cannot just increase you know adding more or taking less and it just it's just a different flavor you know like we're trying to i'm trying to make you know the same equal amount adding the same equal amount when i make the spices again you know, like um i'm dealing with natural product that i can't change I can't add, you know, superficial taste to make it exactly the same. I wouldn't mm. know how. I'm not a food chemist, so I yeah, have exactly. no idea. <laughs> so I just know that it's a good food. I know that it's healthy. So it's great. Yeah, cool. no, I think that's my way of, you know, like a, that's what I like to marry with my cooking classes because I like to show the smaller group of people that are attending it that Balinese food is actually quite simple to make. Mm-hmm. It, it is contain a lot of spices quite simple to make and we do not need any msg we don't need you know stock or anything like that it's basically just a honest handmade balinese food mm-hmm. using using what, what you've using got. what something that you can grow yeah. not something that you bought from a chemist yeah. <laughs> that you bought from you know like a in a plastic that doesn't look right yeah you know. 
that's what I think anyway. For sure. All right. Let's leave it there. Thanks for talking to me, Jules. Thanks for all your support of the book. Thank you. Cool. Thanks for listening to my chat with Jules Mitri from Balinese Spice Magic. If you want to find out more about them, you can go to their website, balineseSpiceMagic.com.au. And if you want to find out more about us, you can go to our website, quicksandfood.com. And you can follow us on social media at quicksandfood. Also, get out there and get the book. The Illawarra Cookbook is available on our website and at all good book retailers in the Illawarra. Thanks for listening to this podcast, and we'll catch you again next time. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.